This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Our first sponsor today is Navy Hair Care. I have been working with Navy Hair Care since they launched back in 2018. At that time, I was about a year postpartum, with our third child, and my hair was experiencing some trouble after some significant postpartum hair loss. Navy really helped to strengthen my hair, and I noticed a big difference about one to two months after using it regularly. With biotin, vitamins, and rosemary oil, this shampoo and conditioner combo has been part of my daily routine for years now. I also use the charcoal mask every one to two weeks to help revitalize my hair. It helps to dry out toxins, heavy metals, and impurities, which we have plenty of since we have well water. This mask will leave your hair feeling incredibly soft and lightweight. You can use the code Lindsay, L-Y-N-Z-Y, for 30% off your order, and I will leave the links to the products I mentioned within the show notes. Hello, everyone. Today's episode is with Katherine O'Brien. Katherine O'Brien is a licensed marriage and family therapist and the founder of happywithbaby.com. She knows what it's like to be overwhelmed, out of energy, and out of ideas as a new parent. She created Happy With Baby in order for new and expecting parents to discover the advice she wishes she could have had when managing expectations of parenthood and relationships. Katherine also has a book called Happy With Baby, Essential Relationship Advice When Partners Become Parents, and it is linked within the show notes. In today's episode, Catherine and I talk about how to maintain a sense of self and how to find purpose outside of motherhood while tackling the current challenges like the last few years of the pandemic, unpaid maternity leave, and so much more. After recording this episode, it's really a conversation between two moms voicing what I think many of us think about on a daily basis. Bottom line is, you're not alone. Let's dive in. Just a little disclaimer before we start this episode, this podcast does not provide medical advice. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. No material on this site is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Catherine O'Brien, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we finally got to connect. <laughs> I know. So I was going to open this up by saying it's so funny because we have tried to connect on so many different levels and it was like, oh, shoot, I'm sick, or you're sick, or I have childcare issues. or <laughs> And it just like totally encompasses what we're about to talk about today, like <laughs> how it's just so hard as a working mom to get anything done. It just takes like all this extra effort. But we have officially connected and it's September 29th. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. This is just going to be an episode that talks about how difficult it can be to be a mother and 
trying to balance everything, finding out what your place is in the world once you've had a child or children. You know, you live your life having goals for yourself. You may have went to college. You may have went to extended college. You may have your doctorate. Whatever it might be, you work so hard to get to to these goals and then you end up having a child and everything changes. And I think it's very easy to kind of lose yourself in all of that. And I think that might be comfortable for some people, right? But it's not comfortable for everybody. And it can be very hard to find a balance of, okay, I feel important within whatever my career might be. And I also feel important when I'm at home as a mom, I'm able to either combine both of those things or I'm not. And it's extremely stressful. And how can I balance this and lose the guilt that's associated with either one? Because some moms might say, I'm I'm a better mom when I'm working full time. I like it. I I come home. I'm ready to go as a mom. Like I love that. But they feel guilty for being away. And then there's the flip side where it's the mom at home and she can never get out of the house and she doesn't feel like she's being a good mom because she's constantly on mom mode and maybe she's yelling and maybe she's just feeling frustrated. And it's because she's not having that time by herself to maybe pursue what her dream was or maybe what she did achieve prior to motherhood. And just kind of talking about the issues over the last couple of years that have been thrown at us, right? And some of the, just the United States and just how incredibly awful, you know, paid leave is and just kind of everything together and how that makes us these big, huge stress balls. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're going to cover today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like how would we ever cover all of that? We wouldn't, but yeah, <laughs> I just want this episode to make people feel like you're less alone. You're not crazy. We all have these thoughts of feeling guilty or feeling less than or wanting more and all of these things. And so just kind of normalizing those feelings too throughout, I think Catherine would be great. So I don't know how you want to kind of start this off, but that's... Well, I mean, I just, well, you know, it's just interesting. You say all those things. And I'm like, yes, I hear this like all the time from my clients, from parents that I talk to and stuff. And it's like, no matter what we're doing, it seems like we feel guilty that we should be doing something else. Like, or we feel guilty because we're not, we're not feeling like we're succeeding at either. Like if I'm working, my work isn't as good as it could be. And then I'm also having my home life is, you know, I'm not as good as a parent as I should be. So there's always like this, like not enough or feeling, yeah, this less than or, you know, not good enough, or you see other people doing other things, and it feels bad. And, and these last couple of years have, have made things incredibly, incredibly hard. I, I share all the time with people, I feel like COVID put on, like, especially parents that are coming into parenthood, it like almost put on steroids, how difficult it is to be a parent. Like it was like, it's always been challenging, but then you added, you know, we had less connection with people. We had less resources. We had like all these things and it like, it like came right to the forefront. Like we could, you, you could see it immediately and how difficult and challenging it's been. And I mean, I think out of it, we did, you know, some resources there are a bit more resources or more access to resources, but you know, it, it took a while and still like figuring everything out. And as things get back to normal, still trying to figure out what that looks like for, for parents. And I think so many things did change. Like, okay. I think on a positive note, I think that 
um, people in general are incredibly resilient. And the last couple of years are, are very much proof of that. People were able to creatively figure out how to make things work. So that's kind of like the positive aspect to it. But I think it does have like lifelong or, or at least long-term impacts as far as how people are living their lives. So like many, not many, I shouldn't say many, but some people, many women, many mothers had to leave their careers, their jobs, because they had children at home that needed to be cared for. Daycare is closed. School's closed. They can't, they can't find childcare. I mean, personally, I know people wanted to like, people wanted me to pay them $30, $35 an hour. I mean, no one can afford, like, that's crazy. And so their only choice was, okay, I, I need to quit my job. Does that put them 10 steps backward where they're, they quit the, the, the position that they've been longing for their whole life, they they had to leave that position. Can they ever go back to it? I think it did have like a lot of long-term impacts in that way where people had these careers and these jobs and, and are not able to go back to them. Or they, they realized, oh, I hated that job. Yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah. don't want to go back there, which is also great. <laughs> but But maybe you need the money and you need to figure it out. So I think yeah, it's just required so much resiliency and and so much flexibility. Like, yes. And, and it was like a forced adaptability. Like nobody wanted to do it. No. no, no. <laughs> nobody was like sign me up for that lifelong lesson that I'm about to learn. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Terrible. So I I would love to know like how things have changed for you as far as what you're seeing in your clients. Like what have you seen change over the past couple of years that people are 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 most like having the most difficulty with like are they feeling more stressed because like what what are they what are their complaints like is it different than it was before you know i don't know that it's necessarily different i'm seeing more of it like there's higher rates of depression and anxiety and marital dissatisfaction and like it's challenging and feeling unhurt like yeah i don't really feel like it's different i feel like it's just it feels like more and more frustration and people feeling like they have less time for themselves and less time for, you know, each other and just feeling like this and like, even not even like, maybe, you know, full on like a depression, but just this low level, like feeling down, and like everything feels challenging, and everything feels hard. And so things that, you know, I'll hear clients tell me like things that they normally are able to do and just seem harder to get through. Like I, I handle all these things and now I can't. And it's like, yeah, because our, our systems have been stressed for so long. It's like you add one little thing and it does, it does feel harder because we haven't had, you know, as much rest and downtime and being able to recharge. And if you had work stressors, like in my, in my line of work, there's an abundance because so many people are seeking and supporting people. And the challenge around that for me is, having to turn people away and then not always having someone to hand them off to because my colleagues and my typical resources are also impacted. Right. So that's, it's a different kind of stress, but like that's stressful to me because I hate having people wait. If they're reaching for help, I know they're ready for help right now. And I hate making people wait, but just not having enough. And so, you know, I didn't have the stress of not having work, but other people having that stress and just how that's impacted them and now trying to find work or maybe not doing the work that they want or, or whatever it is. And, and the challenges with that. Yeah. And I, that must be difficult because I feel like obviously there's just not enough 
therapists and count like I just feel like there's not enough people for what the need is right now because obviously that's it's been elevated over the past couple of years and I feel like it's so hard to get to that point where you say okay I want help right and then if you're told like okay it's going to be 3 months you might be like in 3 months I oh, okay never mind like oh I feel a little bit better never mind where I think and I don't know if you'd agree, but I, I, I feel like every single person in the world could benefit from talking with someone about anything and everything. I mean, even if it's just talking about like, I'm stressed out because I, I messed up dinner last night. It came out terrible. No one ate it, whatever. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, it's so nice to be able to have that person like as a sounding board that's not invested as a friend. They're not invested as a family member. Like they're just listening to you and they're seeing and hearing something that you're saying it, but it's coming out differently to them and they're able to kind of analyze it in this really cool way. And it's just so helpful. It really truly is. So yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine. I can't, it must be so hard to just kind of keep up with everything and, and hard because you're probably trying not to work too much, right? You're trying to balance your own life, but you also want everybody to feel taken care of and seen and all the things. Well, and you know, when we're, and you know, when we're not taking care of ourselves, right? Like that, and we're stressed out, right? Like our, our coping skills decrease, right? We're more irritable, like, and it does, you know, lead to, you know, mental health issues like depression or anxiety and that, and that kind of thing. So it's like, how do we, how do we prioritize like taking care of ourselves and doing that when we know that there are stressors or we know people need help or our family whatever it is, like, how do we, how do we make sure that we prioritize ourselves? What are the strategies that you'll give your clients to tell them? So say somebody's freshly postpartum or say they're even, I mean, I feel like it's hard to see things fresh postpartum because there's so much going on. Oh, I feel like the United States normalized, like everything is just so normalized. It makes me ill. Like you don't need to be seen until six weeks postpartum because everything's normal. Oh, that pain you have normal. Oh, the bleeding normal. Oh, this is normal. Oh, you're tired. At you least that's what we tell ourselves. Tired or you're like, like, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to be though. tired. You had a baby. Oh, you're supposed to feel that way. You had a baby. That is not the case. <laughs> I don't know how to stress that enough. The postpartum care in the United States is terrible. The unpaid leave is terrible. Everything is terrible. The way we take care of mothers in the country is just, it's a disgrace. Anyway, that's kind of like, I don't want to go too far into that direction because <laughs> we can go on and on about that. <laughs> and I'm sure your oh listeners are like, yeah, we know. Yeah, but, yeah. It's like, but it's true. It's like, we, we aren't taking care of of our families and our, our new parents, right? Like they're right. taking care of the baby, but who's taking care of them? You know, right. I'll, I'll ask oh. couples to me. I'm like, well, what's your postpartum plan? Like, what are you, what are you going to do? And they'll be like, oh, well my partner or whatever. And I'm like, no, your partner is not a postpartum plan. They're, <laughs> they're, they're in it with you. Like you guys, yeah. what are you guys going to do? Like where, where can you get extra help or how do you, you know, how, what about meals? What about, you know, family or friend support or, you know, a postpartum duel or whatever, like how, because you are going to, you're going to be tired. Like you have never been tired before. Like you've thought you've been tired because of like schooling or whatever, but no, this is like, takes it to a whole nother level. And you're doing things that you have never possibly done either. 
after having a baby, right? Like now maybe you've taken care of little kids, but now you're taking little kids as you're also recovering from having a child and, and all the things added to it. And it's a different, it, it feels different. It looks different. It is different. Yeah. 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 Two things about that I wanted to mention. So isn't it so funny that I don't know if they do this all around the world. I, I'm probably, I don't know if they do, but this baby shower thing, right? So it's, it's called a baby shower. Okay. It's wonderful because you get all the things you don't need. Mostly a few things, a few things you do need, but most you don't, but it's always showering the baby when the mother is the one that goes through nine months of just growing this life, birthing this life, feeding this life, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I've kind of flipped to, of course, I haven't attended a baby shower in a while, but when I, when I do have somebody that's recently had a baby, I always bring over like this, like bedside kit, like this, like I pack it with all the things that they would need, like whether, you know, if they're breastfeeding or not, just like all these things that could make them feel better because I feel like the shower is always for the baby and that people always bring stuff for the baby and clothes for the baby and or like even like a robe for them to wear postpartum just to make them feel like like this is your journey too like you get to be part of it it's not just about the baby you know you've become a mother this is like a really beautiful thing and you have a purpose other than just being this this baby's mama and then the other thing i wanted to mention was so recently it was my oldest birthday and my mother-in-law, she's so funny because every time one of my kids have a birthday, she's always like, no, mom, happy birthday to you because it's your birthday. And I was like, and I never heard that prior to her saying it to me, but I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like my mind's kind of blown right now, right? Like you, you don't think about that. Like, no, it's actually your birthday. You gave birth to that little person. So it's a day to celebrate for you too. Like you've been raising this person for X amount of years. Like it's your birthday too. Anyway, I kind of loved that concept. So it's like the celebration of both whenever it's a birthday. So let's talk about once you become a mom, what are some of the strategies you talk with your patients about, about like finding a purpose and trying to find your sense of self along the way? Because I feel like that's just so often lost, especially given the constraints of our, we have no government mandated paid leave, or actually I think maybe eight states, yeah, eight states I think offer paid maternity leave, but there's no government mandated paid leave. Again, the US ranks last. And like when you compare it to like, like 40 plus of our peer nations, how do we, despite all those constraints, right, in the US, like, how do we still try to maintain that? How do we find purpose? Yeah, that's such a good question. So I ask my clients all the time, like three questions. And the first one is, what am I doing to take care of myself? Right? Like what? A, and that's like everything from like the little things, like, am I making sure I'm drinking enough water? <laughs> you know, which is a basic need. Do I need to connect with friends? Do I need to lay down and rest? We're so quick to do so much for our, our children. Like we'll schedule them doctor's appointments. We will make them food. We'll, you know, if their speech is delayed, we're finding the resources. They're so quick to do that or signing them up for classes. But what are we like? What are we doing those things for ourselves too? And like, how do we make that a priority? And I'll never forget when my oldest was little, I was like in this mom's group. And I remember one of the moms saying like, she's like, oh, I just decided I'm ordering myself the New York Times to come. Like if I do nothing, I at least read the front cover every day because I just want to stay like in the loop. Like she was like a lobbyist or something. She's like, I just want to stay in the loop. And this was, 
<laughs> I'm dating myself here, but this was before you could like read the news on your, your cell phone, or maybe you could, but most of us weren't doing that at that point, you know? So I was just like, Oh, I love like, that was something she really wanted for herself. Like that made her feel good. And as like small as that might be, like that was what she needed. So it's like, how do we, how do we do that? How do we like, make sure we're monitoring, monitoring our own health and like checking in with our partners and talking about how we're doing, you know, emotionally and how can we support each other during this time and forever, quite frankly. Right. And, and like, and then if you're like really struggling, like, do you need to get, you know, do you need to get extra support? Do you need counseling? Do you need a mom's group? Do you need to find something that you're, you're connecting with other people which I think has been the hard, you know, one of the harder things over the last few years. But like, where do you find that, su- that support where you can hear other people say, and then you're like, okay, yeah, I'm not alone. Because you're, you're like anything that you're feeling another somebody else has felt it. Like, and I've seen that in like groups I run all the time. Like, you think, oh my gosh, I'm sharing something like I'm going to stand out. And someone's like, oh my gosh, I've been there. Or, oh, oh my gosh, I'm feeling the same way. Or, oh, I know exactly how how that feels. And it's so like, okay, like so normalizing and so like validating. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Life doesn't come with a manual and navigating it can be really stressful and lonely at times. Whether it's a career change, becoming a new parent, navigating relationships, you name it, these challenges can be tough. Therapists are trained to help you manage challenging emotions and build productive coping skills. Having someone listen and guide you with those coping skills is really beneficial. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with online therapists. One of the best things about it is that it's convenient and accessible anywhere. It's 100% online. I truly believe that everyone can benefit from speaking with a therapist and building the skills necessary to manage challenging situations that life throws at us. I myself have benefited from therapy and learned so many new coping skills and strategies that I hadn't thought of before. I find it most beneficial just to be able to talk with someone about current struggles that I might have. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If the therapist chosen for you doesn't seem like the right fit, no problem. You can switch to a new therapist at any time. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Lindsay. That's L-Y-N-Z-Y. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Lindsay. The link will also be in my show notes. This podcast episode is brought to you by StoryWorth. If you're spending time with loved ones for the holidays, chances are you're going to hear a lot of stories. The ones you love to hear and the ones you've heard too many times. But have you ever wanted to help your loved ones document those timeless stories? It can be challenging to write an entire book of memories, but StoryWorth makes it fun and easy. This is how anyone can write a book about their life. If you are still on the hunt for the perfect gift for a loved one this holiday season, StoryWorth would be a great, unique gift. StoryWorth will email your loved one once a week with a single life-related question that you pick from their collection. Some of these questions may include, if you could wake up tomorrow with one superhero power, what would it be? Or what was your most memorable Halloween? All your loved one has to do is reply with his or her own story. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all of these stories, along with photos if provided, into a hardcover book created as a valued keepsake. This book can be passed through generations. Can you imagine being able to read a book like this from great-grandparents? 
Millions of stories have already been told with StoryWorth because they make the process so simple. Get started with your loved one for the holidays, and before you know it, you'll both be cherishing those timeless stories for generations to come. Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash Lindsay today and save $10 on your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash Lindsay, L-Y-N-Z-Y, to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash Lindsay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I'd love to know your thoughts because you were talking about connection and obviously, oh, this is kind of the reason why I had, I really wanted to connect. So I had obviously created my blog in 2008, but social media kind of came to the forefront and that was really how people communicated. And I loved having it to, I mean, I was a first time mom. So that was great because actually, I don't think I was on there when I was a first time mom. No, I was blogging, but anyway, nonetheless, creating this sense of community right online was so great because you get all this feedback and, oh, that happened to me too. And this is what I did. And so I think that that can be great, but I think, oh gosh, okay. So this is a really loaded topic, but I think that it can be so incredibly anxiety producing. And for me personally, I, this might not be the case for everybody, although I would, I would guess that it's the case for many, that it's actually an addition to the anxiety and stress that you may feel because you get this sense of like, like belonging to your phone of like, oh, this is the way that I connect. This is the way that I'm able to talk with other mothers. And, and this is part of me now. And I need to make sure I'm not missing any tips. I need to make sure that I know all the things I know about mothering my child, because this is where I'm getting the information from. And there is just such an overload of information on there that you don't need because you can raise your baby without any information actually, right? Like, because it's just an instinct. So I'd love to hear from you and like what you talk with your clients about as far as like that real connection goes. Like, do you prefer as a therapist to say, hey, listen, like trying to find real world connection is definitely better than trying to do that online. I know for some people that have like maybe really rare conditions, finding that group online is the only thing that will tie you together because you're so far apart or what have you. But like, like, do you try to tell them to find community centers near them that might have like the baby classes or the breastfeeding classes or whatever there might be? Like, what do you think about all of that? What do you think about social media in our society and moms (laughs) and all that? I mean, Sorry. we could talk. We could talk forever about this. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about it. I feel like social media is like it is for all the things you just said. There's like it's good and it's bad, right? Because then you hear, you know, I was just recently talking to a mom who's ex- expecting her first, and she's like, "Oh yeah, like this happened, and none of these hor- none of these stories that the moms kept telling me were going to happen have happened. Like, I'm really surprised it's going so well." And I'm like. Oh my gosh, exactly. Right. Like, cause oftentimes you get like the, the worst scenarios, like people will share like the worst things that have happened. And I, and I really think it is about 
monitoring it, I was like struggling with breastfeeding our oldest and I would be up like in the middle of the night, like searching through websites. And my husband said to me one day, he's like, and then I'd like be telling him like, I need to do X, Y, and Z and W, Q, R and da, 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 da. And then he's like, you are not allowed to look at the computer in the middle of the night. Like, that's not, that's not okay. <laughs> like, like you, cause it would like stress me out and then you get sucked in because it sucks you in. <laughs> and so it's like really, so I always like say like, like limit, limit looking for information on there. Like I like the groups for exactly what you said. Like, you know, those rare conditions are certain situations where there are not a lot of people in your area. But I think if you can like meet people like face to face or do, you know, even if it's like via Zoom or whatever, and you're having like those like regular connections with people or you can call them on the phone or something like that is oftentimes so much more valuable and meaningful. And they, they know you, they're not just like hearing you ask a question and then giving you random advice without knowing like all the information. And it can be really like off-putting and upsetting and stressful. And you're absolutely right. We do not need all the tips and, you know, and, and I was like, tell people, it's like, you'll hear a million things and people will give you advice even when you don't ask. And if it sounds like something you want to do great, if not, let it go. Like, you know, take everything with a grain of salt because your kids are going to be unique and your family is unique. And you're going to have to figure out what works best for your situation. But I've also had people that are like, oh, I heard this. So I tried this this day. And the next day they try something else and nothing's working. Yeah, because you're not giving anything of like a real effort or try to see, make it work. Like you can't just do something one time and expect it to be a solution oftentimes either. You've got to try something for a while and see how it works. Like, especially like with sleep or something like that. Try some different things, but like give it a while to try it. And listening to these other people say this isn't always helpful. And oftentimes we'll feel like, oh my gosh, but everybody else seems to be doing it, which is not true. They're not. (laughs) It's often not true. Those like perfect, you know, images and stuff like that. Not true. And so it's like, so you're not a bad parent because you're not doing it. You're not a bad parent because your kid's not sleeping. You're, You're not a bad parent because you can't breastfeed. You're not, none of those things. Like everybody is, you know, different, unique situations. Yeah. Have you seen this too, where it's like, not only does it kind of like aid in like that increased anxiety and all of that and feeling like you need to do more than you need to do. But I feel like it's so easy to fall into the comparison game of that's, I mean, that's what it is. That's what social media is. Like you go on there and, oh, well, oh, well she can balance work and home and all the things. Like, why can't I? And like, little do you know, like they can't balance it at all. Like they show up on Instagram for five seconds and they look put together and, oh, wow. But they really that you don't see 99% of their day. Right. Or they have a nanny or like other people coming in or other family support or, or, you know, different things that you don't know Mm. about that makes it look easy too. You don't know all the, all the, the situation that they have. Right. 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 I just feel like it's, yeah. I mean, I, it's such a loaded topic, but I just (laughs) feel like it doesn't, it doesn't help the situation. It's rarely it's going on social media and then le- getting off of it and being like, God, I feel feeling so better. better. <laughs> right. It's like, right. Or they're going for like, they're feeling kind of bad and then they go on there and then they feel worse. Cause then they are seeing things that prove like whatever mood they're in. Like, Oh my gosh, it's see, I can't handle it. Like I can't yeah. even get my kid, 
you know, to preschool and these people are taking them to like Disney world and, you know, Mm. doing all this Mm -hmm. stuff and whatever. It's like, yeah. (laughs) So what do you, what, what are your suggestions for, for moms? Um, And the majority of us are all in the same boat of, we have no time to like, oh, okay, sure. I hear you. You're telling me that I need to find my purpose by making time for myself and, and finding joy and whatever that is and all the things I used to do. And, but like, what are your suggestions if somebody just simply like doesn't have the time, like they're working full time, they come home, their mom full time for the rest of the day. What are you suggesting to those people? Like what, what can they do? I know it's, I know it's, it's really hard. And I think it's like finding those like small little moments, right. And then those small little moments like add up too, because sometimes we we're spending those small moments scrolling Facebook or Instagram or whatever, TikTok. we put our kids to bed and then we pass out, which is oftentimes the case. And so we don't even like, we get our kids ready for bed we lay down with them and then we fall asleep in their bed and then we haven't even done our own routine. So it's like, while you're getting your kids ready for bed, like wash your face, like do those little things also for yourself within those moments. Like, like I feel like we're always waiting until everything's done to do something for ourselves. It's like, how do you get something in there for you? Or it's like you you make a bottle and then it's like, why don't, and make yourself a cup of tea. Right. And so then while you're feeding, like, can you sit there and have a cup of tea or put on some music that feels good? Like, what are the things that make you feel good and make, and like, how do you incorporate that into your day? Like, even if you're not getting like, I don't have a half day to go spend that after doing something great for myself. Yeah. Most of, you know, a lot of us don't, you know, so where are you finding those little moments that like will feel good? And then how are you working with your support system, your, your partner or your family or whatever? Does it look like, you know what, one, one day a week, I'm just going to, I'm going to take an extra hour before I come home and I'm going to do something for myself or, you know, like, is, is that kind of thing possible? Like it's not all the time, but maybe once a week, ideally at least once a week, or maybe it's like once a month right now, but it's like, how can I get something you know, for myself. And then, and then how do we build up on that? Cause some people will say like that hour does nothing for me. It's like, yeah, but how are we building up to build in more time? Cause eventually your kids need you less. Like my kids are at that stage. They're 13 and nine. Like they don't need me sitting there doing everything for them. They can make their own lunches or, you know, do their own things. Like they need me less. So I definitely have more like time now. Granted, I like run around and do activities and that sort of thing. But some of it I love because that gives me quality conversation time with them. So I try to make the most of that. But like, how do you find those little moments and and find those, the little things you like to do? And I'll even encourage people to like, make like a, like in your, in your phone, right? We're always on our phones, like in the notes section, like what, like if I have five minutes, like what are some things I could do? If I have 10 minutes, what are some things that, that would feel good that I could do? Like, instead of those time suckers, like, social media or reading the news that stresses me out or whatever, like what are some other things I could do instead to help remind us so that it's like, okay, yeah, I have 10 minutes. Like I love coloring. Like I'm going to color in my kid's coloring book or I'm going to go for a walk 
around the block, or if that's a possibility, or I'm going to just go outside and like stand in the grass barefoot and take some deep breaths, you know, and just kind of ground myself. Like what are, what are things that you could do? Or, you know what, I'm just going to lay down on my bed and close my eyes for a couple minutes and just rest. I love that you mentioned this because I'd love to focus on it for a second. So gosh, okay. So rewind back to when I was on social media, I found myself, like you said, every couple of minutes. And so of course I had, this was like a business for me. So I'm a very, I'm like a type A, if I can get five minutes of work in, you better bet that's what I'm going to do. So I would hop onto social media. I would respond. So first of all, I'm getting hundreds of messages a day responding to every person because every person should be heard. Of course, not listening to my own self or making any time for me or my family, right? So I'm like like work mode all the time. So it was a little bit different on my my aspect of things. But of course, I would go on there just to kind of view things once in a while as well. And I just encourage people listening to like really think about your typical day, right? And like when you have that five or 10 minutes Seriously, how are you spending it? Because I think a lot of us, and this is by no fault of our own, right? This just happens. We go to our phone, we pick it up, we are immediately stressed out because, like you said, we're oh, we see breaking news, or oh, we're on our so on social media, and everybody on there is on a level ten right now with all of you know issues happening in society and all. It's just like you're automatically going to going to find a fight somewhere on there, like talking right, about right. something. So yes. that is automatically increasing our fight or flight, right? Like immediately. Right. The only thing that wouldn't is like if you got a fun text message from somebody, right? Like, well, oh, my husband texted me <laughs> yes. a picture of the baby. This is fun. But seriously consider, like you said, those five or 10 minutes because they can be so powerful. Like what if instead you like go for a walk in nature, don't bring your phone. I cannot even begin to tell you, I didn't do that for years. Like I am a totally different person now that I like, that's not my number one go-to, but it was for a very long time and you don't realize it. You truly, it's, it's hard to see, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, and I was going to say like, if you feel like because I feel like sometimes we get on social media because we're looking for connection. We want to hear what other people are doing. It's like, if that's what you need, like call a friend if you have five minutes or 10 minutes or like text message them like, Hey, I was thinking about you. I remembered, you know, the story when we did X, Y, and Z and it just brought whatever, or like, I just want to know, you know, how you're doing. I know. And just have that connection and like being able to do that, like every once in a while, I think is so helpful and I think feels good and we can feel connected with other people that way. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think just thinking to yourself, like, I mean, of course there's probably people on there that you connect with that you don't really know in real life or anything, but if there are people on there, like if you're truly somebody that's like, Oh, I'm just on there like personally. So I can see some like my friend's pictures and whatever, just text them instead, call them instead. Hey, I have five minutes. What are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks or months or what have you. Like, I'd love to connect over the next, like I have 10 minutes, but I just thought of you. So I want to talk to you. And like, it's so much more fulfilling to have that actual real life connection. I, 
like I can't stress that enough. Like I'm sure Catherine, you can too. Like it's just, it's, you feel this deep down sense of like belonging when you're able to connect with somebody on that personal, like one-to-one level, as opposed to like just diving in or watching somebody else's life on social media or diving into like this, you know, Facebook conversation and just adding to it. Like, it's just, it's, it's like an emptiness. It's like a, you might get this high of like, oh, I just found out like how to do this, but like it, it goes away. And, and then you have the need to go back and find more of it because you're like, oh, I need more of that. Okay. So I'm going to pull up some questions that I had for my community that are kind of all over the map, but related to the topic. What do you think about the long-term effects on mental health with relationship to the lack of maternity leave? Oh my gosh, that is tough. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's such a loaded question. Oh my gosh. It's totally a loaded question. Yeah. Well, and you know, we talked about this. I don't know if it was before the call or during it now, but we, it is our maternity leave is not, not enough, you know, and our care for our parents is not nearly enough. And it, and it can, especially if you are already predisposed to like mental health issues or then you're struggling with like, you know, a postpartum mood or anxiety disorder and, you know, our maternity leave isn't enough. And then you're not getting the help or support that you need. If, if it go, if they go untreated, it, it can continue to impact you ongoing. It's, it's not like it goes away at a year because now you're, you know, no longer in the postpartum period. It's like, it will linger, you know, and it will affect you. It affects the family and everything. So I wish our country put more emphasis into the priority of the health, mental health, emotional health of our, of our families, because I think the long-term effects to other areas and other situations that we see ongoing would be decreased. Yeah. And so she also mentioned in here, this is kind of interesting paternity leave as well. And so I wanted to touch on that too. Like, like having that, I could not think of uh, like a better way to kind of help support the mom than also having the other partner, right. That contributed and said, I want to have a child home to help with all these tasks, not only to help, but to learn about how to care for this child. Right. Because so often, and especially in our case, I think my husband was able to get a pretty significant leave with our first, but that was only because he was uh, a a resident and he, there was like a, like, it was like some special, like he was part of like the school of medicine. So it was like crazy. Like we had a, like four weeks or something, which is like totally unheard of, like never going to happen again. And he didn't, he didn't get any other maternity leave. <laughs> so I think there might be actually two weeks now, but there wasn't, we had to take vacation. So right, no right. vacation for the rest of the year. You take two weeks and there you go. People um, use their sick time. And then it's like, Oh, let's hope I'm not going to need any time later on in the year is it's, Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And I feel like that also just fuels kind of what we've always done societally 
here in the United States where it's like, okay, well, the person who gave birth stays at home, does all the things while the other person goes off to work and oh, now you're stuck at home. And it kind of just feeds into those roles that we've so commonly fell into, right? That we've been trying to dismantle over all of these years. It's kind of like it just pushes us back into those roles automatically because there's no choice. I mean, you have to make money. So somebody has to work. But when you add in that paternity leave. And I I had read the Nordic theory of everything. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's incredibly, incredibly fascinating. It just compares us to like the Scandinavian countries, specifically Finland. The, The woman who wrote it lives in Finland or grew up in Finland, moved to the US because that's where she met her husband. And they had to move. She lived here for many years. And then they had to move back to Finland because they couldn't afford to have a child here. And so they moved back to Finland. And so she wrote this book. And it's all about, it's not just about, it's about childcare, like how much we pay for childcare here. It's about health insurance in general and how health insurance is tied to your employer. So basically, you are so invested into your employer and you are, it's employer dependency, right? Like they always have the upper hand on you because they provide you with the act, like, like your health, <laughs> like your health is is directly tied to this employment and they know that and they, it's almost like this oppressive sort of dependence, you know? They talk about that. They talk about all the different things. And where was I going with this? It, it's, it's just fascinating because they offer, I think it's like a year of maternity leave, but the the other, the partner gets to have something crazy, months and months, and they can split it up however they want. So they could be like, hey, okay, I want to be home with you for the first month, okay? Like help you do all the things. Then I'm going to go back to work for a while. And then when you go back to work, like a year from now, I'll take another couple months like just to stay home. And I feel like it so much encourages the other person to be like very intimately involved with their children. And like, how the hell could that be a bad thing? Right. (laughs) Right. The hell are we talking about here? I just, how could that not like it contributes so much to the balance of the family. It contributes so much to like the health, the mental health of both people. Right. I don't even know where I was going with all that. (laughs) Interestingly, I I read the stat years ago, but it was like babies bond with their mothers like right away. Right. Cause we, we've carried them. We feed them the majority of the time, all this stuff. But then for dads, for our partners, we, it takes about like seven or eight months until they have the same bond. And my thought is, I don't think that's always the case. I think if they're more involved, if they can be there, if, if they had time off, if they're, you know, they're also doing early days, skin to skin, like all that stuff. I think the bond is, is better and quicker. And it's like, why should it be? Why should the mom feel like she's having to do all the things and the baby only responds well if she's doing it. And it, you know, and it doesn't, because it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't at all. And so it's like, we, if we can get them involved and my husband was able to get, I think he had like a month off too, and he could split it up in different ways. And so like, he took like the first two weeks and then he'd take like one or two days of next couple weeks or whatever. And it was like, 
so helpful to me, A, to have him there because I had no idea what I was doing. I couldn't believe they just sent home a baby with me. But, you know, it was, <laughs> what it was like a world. It was like, right. I'm like, do you know I have no experience in your study? It was like little <laughs> you know, human being. People have school for years and years to like, to like be experts at things and like they yeah. just hand you a human and you're like, wait a second. Yeah, like the most important <laughs> job in the whole world. They just like, they didn't even screen me first. <laughs> yeah, they're like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You just have to have a, a, a car seat and you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. really? Oh, my god. Um, so anyways, so, you know, we like, and it does, it, it makes a huge difference when we can like work together in that, you mm-hmm. know, just for the strength of our relationship. Yeah. So when I was reading this book, there was, she was talking about how it's great too, because it's destigmatizing how like the playgrounds are like situated. So like she was saying how years ago in Finland, you'd only see moms at the playgrounds, but now you see a lot of dads too, and how it's destigmatized, like dads going to the playground. So, and I only say this because I got so mad the other day as a quick little story. So we're at the playground after a practice that we had for our our son. And we're over there with, you know, some other families, whatever. So there was a bunch of families with us at first. In fact, one of the families, just the dad was there with his three kids. But anyway, it kind of dwindled out. A bunch of people left and it was just me, my husband, and then my, my friend Kayla. So we're all standing there. And my husband went to the car really quick, came back and a gentleman who was playing tennis had come up to him and he said, kudos for being the only dad at the playground. And I, so he came over and told me this and I, I, I'm kidding. It took everything inside of me (laughs) to stay where I was because I wanted to go up to him and be like, what do you mean? Kudos for being at the playground. I, I, I just would like to dismantle what you said, because are you assuming that like he gets extra brownie points for taking his own children to the playground? Like I'm so confused right now. And of course now this kind of runs me off onto a whole different tangent, I feel like, but, and especially here in the United States, it's just so common that you see, you know, Oh, another example is like going to the grocery store. Like my husband had gone to the grocery store. This was a while ago goes to the grocery store with like all of the children, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, good for you going to the grocery. Like, why the hell does he get a pat on his back for going to the grocery store? I go with them all the time. Like, no one's like, hey, mom, good job out there. Like, good job taking them all out to the grocery store to get groceries. Nobody's doing that. Nobody does that, right? It's only when they see dads doing it that they're like, oh my gosh, congratulations, like such a good job. But like, we don't ever get that. Right. <laughs> you know I mean, mean? I, yeah, it's, you know, because the way like we're socialized and we also don't have some of the support for dads. Like I, so I have a, a meetup group I do. It used to be in person, but with COVID now it's online and it's, it's open to parents. So it's open to anyone that's a parent. And I've been lately, there's been a lot of dads coming, which is interesting, you know, kind of ebbs and flows who, who shows up. And they said to me, they're like, there's this, you're like one of the only groups that we can find that lets dads come to it. What? Yes. See, that's part of it. Like what on earth? Yeah. There just isn't. Yeah. So it's like, we're like, we've got to like shift and change, like how, like (sighs) how we, our expectations and how we, how we do this, you know? No, you're so... You know what that, okay. So same lines of that. So I just went to a restaurant. Okay. It's a restaurant. It's like 20 minutes away. It's new. They like revamped this, this beautiful mill from the 1800s. And 
I met the owner. It's so cool. I met the owner and I'm walking out and I'm like, oh, let me just use the restroom really quick. Okay. So I go over to the bathrooms. I see this room to the right. It's very inviting. There's like low lighting, beautiful like recliner chair things. And I'm looking in there and I, I, Catherine, I was like, oh my gosh, tell me this is the freaking nursing room right now. I was like so excited. So I'm like, I've never seen like a private room in a restaurant, right? I mean, I think you can nurse anywhere. Let's just, but the fact that this man or whoever, you know, did the design, right, thought about this is like amazing because this is like a rural area. It's not like we're in the city. I feel like you do see things like that in the city sometimes, but I walk all the way in and I see a changing table. There's a refrigerator to place your milk, like all the things, right? So I go up to the owner and I'm like, was this your idea? And he goes, yes, because I am so sick and tired of, you know, my wife works and I would love to, I love taking the kids out when we can to lunch, right? And we go out to lunch. I can't even change a freaking diaper. I can't change a diaper. I have to put my baby on the floor. I have to put them crazy in the car. I have to put them on grass because I I don't have a changing table in the men's room. And I want a place where anybody can go to take care of their child and be able to change a diaper. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, And my husband, all the time changing diapers, he's like, there's no changing table in the men's room. Like, I have nowhere to put the baby. I, I'm going to go to the car. And I'll be like, okay, let me just take him into the... But like, they don't even have the option to change a diaper. It's automatically, oh, it's in the women's room only. <laughs> you know what I mean? But just like along the same thing as you're saying, like they we're just not set up societally to like handle having both parents be able to do the childcare stuff. It's like automatically always falls upon the mom to like handle things. Hopefully it gets better over time. Maybe if enough people if enough people yell from the rooftops, things will change. <laughs> right. Well, and, and yeah, and here in California, like I, I do see more where there are the changing tables in both restrooms or yeah. so I think hopefully there's a shift. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully yeah. we're getting yeah. there. <laughs> I think we are. I think so. I think as as hard as things are right now, as far as things changing from a from a just like a governmental perspective, I feel like it's easy right now to be like all hope is gone. <laughs> I do feel like we need periods of time like this where there's upheaval and there everything is super messy and there's question of policy change because we so desperately need to go opposite direction. And you kind of need to have that upheaval first because how else would you get there? Like that's how change is made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't know. Yes. Uh, no, I think that's, I mean, that's kind of like how it, it seems to go like, and then things shift and change and then hopefully we get back in a good direction. Here. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I guess maybe we'll talk in a year from now and see where we're yeah. at. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I have more, but it's already, we're at our time limit. I want to ask you two other questions that are not about specifically what we talked about today. So the first question is, if you could give one piece of advice for moms, what would it be? Oh gosh, that's such a good question. I guess my answer, oh gosh, this is always hard for me to answer because so much, it would be like you, you're enough. You're enough exactly what you're doing. And if even those days where it feels like you're struggling. It's you're still enough for your kids. You're exactly who you have everything that they need you to be. And so 
if if you are struggling, then it's okay to ask for help and get support, but you are enough exactly who you are and how you are. And if you want to get help, I wanted to add this, just what are your suggestions if somebody's listening and, and wants to get help right now? How can they easily do that? <sighs> easily, maybe. <laughs> okay, sorry. How can they do that? <laughs> Well, I mean, I would definitely think it's easy. Yes. I would definitely encourage you to seek counseling. You can go, there's different websites. You can look for a counselor or if you're needing a support group of some sort, or just even a meetup connection group, like I would encourage you to go like either meetup.com or look in your area for different parenting type groups, or sometimes the exercise groups will then have like workouts afterwards or library story times will have play time afterwards or, you know, different ways if you're needing to connect with other people, but definitely reach out and get help. If you're suffering with like a mood or anxiety disorder, I highly encourage you to go to postpartum.net, which is postpartum support internationals website. And they have tons of resources and lists of um, clinicians and stuff and psychiatrists and all sorts of things. So definitely encourage Mm -hmm. you to go there. Excellent. All right. And the last question is, if you could make one meal for your entire family that everyone would eat, that's relatively quick and easy, what would it be? <laughs> that I'm everyone sorry, would eat. Hard one. That's I, know. Uh, <laughs> I would make, oh gosh, my, <laughs> I call it, throw. well, my youngest calls it throwing everything together. And it's basically like going through the fridge and finding like vegetables or fruit and almost making like a charcuterie board of sorts of different things. Each of them like, yes, that's what I would do. I have not heard of this yet. I I mean, I haven't heard this response yet. You usually, I I, I, like love asking this and I've done like 80 plus episodes now. So I, it's kind of fun because I also get like dinner ideas. So what you just get. So I've done this where like for snacks, I don't do this. I've done this like twice. So don't be like, don't think I'm like a Pinterest mom, but I get like the muffin you know, the muffin tins and for snack time, just fill each cup with like a different snack or whatever. But I feel like this is kind of along the same lines of like, yeah, basically just like whatever is left. Yeah. In the like fridge, there's like just kind of putting it lunch meat or cheeses or you yeah. know, crackers or little sandwiches, fruit, vegetables. If I cut them up in different ways, I seem to eat them better. <laughs> Oh, that's fun though. I like that idea. All right. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. I know you you. have a busy life and a busy career and kids at home. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. All right. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. All resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes on lindsayandco.com. To continue these important conversations, head over to Motherhood Meets Medicine on Instagram. Let me know what you learned from this episode and who you would love to hear from next. I always love getting feedback from you. If you're finding value in this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. This will help us to reach even more women from around the world. I'll catch you next week. Until then, don't forget to find some time to unplug, unwind, and have a little fun. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.